My soul magnifies the Lord. It was impossible to make an omniscient, ever-present God who created everything bigger. But you can make God bigger in your soul. Uh, loving God is more important than the knowledge of God. But if a man loves God knowing little about him, how much more will he love God when he knows more about him? And she has learned more about God. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we continue our study in the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, as Kent Hughes explains to us what it really means to magnify the Lord. Stay tuned for that message, but first we'll be joined once again by Steph Williams as we talk about how to help little children understand the true meaning of Christmas and also help them to give praise and worship to our God. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. One of the things that I've been impressed about over the past several years is the amount of uh, effort put into writing solid and good books for little children. We've seen the storybook Bibles that have come out and the storybook devotionals that, uh, that have really just been great resources to help parents provide a biblical resource for their children. Well, our guest today is Steph Williams, and she's done just that in a series of books. Today, we're talking about her book, The Christmas Surprise, as she seeks to tell the Christmas story, the real heart of the Christmas story, to young minds. Steph, I I do think that a lot of parents want to be able to convey to their children the true meaning of Christmas and to provide for them some Christian resources. But as you've mentioned before, as we were talking yesterday, it is hard to frame that in a context of books that kids will actually want to read. But in a world where everyone is really, if you go to the the libraries, the public libraries, you'll see that the world is really targeting young minds and trying to, to capture their attention and capture their affections and certainly latch on to their soul. It seems even more important now to have Christian content that is geared toward young minds to help prepare them yeah definitely and from a young age as well i think you know you can be reading to your kids and think well they're too young to understand but actually you don't want to be not teaching them about god for a few years (laughs) you know that's an important time of their lives to start teaching them things about him and it can make a real impact i've had a lot of stories from different children who've really loved the books and want to read them over and over again And even from children going through really difficult circumstances with health and other things who, even at an age as young as two and a half, three, have been able to take in something of the message and been able to see who Jesus is and how he's the one they need to trust in, you know, even from such a young age. So, yeah, I think it is definitely, definitely worth it. And um, just making the books... Um, I mean, sometimes we don't really prioritize kind of storytelling or artwork and things. But actually, Mm -hmm. if you look in the Bible, you know, there is a lot of that in there in the way that God has communicated with us through the prophets, through Jesus. He often used story. He didn't, you know, he could have walked around with a placard that summarized the gospel in two sentences, but he didn't do that. He used different stories and things to try and help people understand. So I think it's right to value um, communicating in a good way, a way that engages children and and that will have an impact on them. And of course, the artistry in this book is beautiful. 
I'm not sure who's behind that, you or someone else, but it, it is it is beautiful and very attractive. Yes, I um, I illustrated and designed the books. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite nice to be able to do both <laughs> because <laughs> you can really kind of think about how it works as a whole, I suppose. Hmm. Now, in the context of putting a, a children's book together, you want to communicate more than just, as you mentioned, just the details and the facts and get to the very factual basis. You want to tell the heart of the story. Um, that's obviously really complex when you have to get it in just a few words on a few pages. So tell us a little bit about the process and why that was so important for you. Yeah, I think um, it did feel a bit like Bible translation, really, because when you're, although it sounds not what you'd expect, maybe, you kind of almost have to put more work into translating it simpler because you're changing the words more. So with each of the books, I did have to kind of study the passage and even sometimes look at what the original Greek words were saying and what they meant to be able to try and stick as closely as I could to the Bible passage, but write it in words that children would understand what it was saying. So, yeah, it was really important to me to try and make the books follow the Bible passages as closely as possible, because I just thought as an adult and as a parent, um, or maybe would be the same for you if you're not a parent, but you're in children's ministry, you know, you kind of want to actually give them what the Bible says. You know, you don't often that you can have books sometimes which make up a whole load of background and things, but really you're wanting to communicate what those verses in the passage said. So I tried to stick as closely as I could, but it did mean using quite a few different words because to try and make that word understandable to to children or the sentence kind of in a way that children would actually understand sometimes also the meaning behind it and the significance behind it in the Bible, as well as just the bare sentence that was there. We've been talking with Steph Williams about her excellent children's book. It's called The Christmas Surprise, an excellent resource for the youngest in your household, children and grandchildren alike. This is an opportunity to help them understand the true meaning of Christmas by framing it with the gospel message at front and center. It's beautiful. It's well-written. It is exactly what your kids will love and enjoy. You can find out more information about it by giving us a call. 508-362-7070. The author, Steph Williams, and the book title, The Christmas Surprise. Again, our number is 508-362-7070. Well, today we are continuing our study in this Advent series, looking at the Gospel of Luke. We've already seen the announcement to Zechariah that he would be the father of John the Baptist. And of course, we saw the announcement last week of Mary, that she would be the mother of the Son of God, the Messiah that has been long awaited. And in this story, we're looking at the expression of joy from the heart of Mary as she visits Elizabeth, uh, Zechariah's wife, who is with John the Baptist. And their souls are knit together in this, this amazing story of what God is unfolding in their lives. Mary's expe- expression of praise is found in what is called the Magnificent, the story or the song of Mary as she worships the God who has blessed her with this tremendous gift. Here, as we continue our study, is Kent Hughes with a closer look at Luke chapter 1. Mary begins her song by giving unforgettable expression to what's inside of her. Down through verse 50, it is very, very, very personal as she describes, and may I say joyously, describes 
what is going on inside of her and what she thinks. This is a song of joy which will eventuate in joy to the world. <clears throat> the opening words, my soul praises the Lord, or perhaps you have my soul glorifies the Lord, are even more expressive of what's going on inside of her when they are rendered literally. And literally it is, my soul makes great the Lord. In fact, that word has mega in the first part of it. My soul makes great the Lord, or my soul enlarges the Lord. Uh, the, the Latin phrase is in uh, medieval hymnody. Perhaps you've heard it. Magnificat. That is, my soul magnifies, or mag, magnificat anima, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mea dominum. My soul magnifies the Lord. That is the idea. Enlarges the Lord. My soul makes him big. So she joyously says, I am enlarged and the Lord is enlarged within me. Now you can't make God any bigger. It's impossible to make an omniscient, ever-present God who created everything bigger. But you can make God bigger in your soul. Uh, loving God is more important than the knowledge of God. But if a man loves God knowing little about him, how much more will he love God when he knows more about him? And she has learned more about God. Not only that, she is passionately giving everything to enlarging the Lord. And that's, that's in the uh, parallelism in that first verse. You'll notice it says... My soul glorifies the Lord, and then my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, spirit and soul are really the same way. It's a poetic way of doubling and intensifying the fact that everything that's in her, the eye of her, is enlarging the Lord. My total self, all that I am, magnifies the Lord, joyously magnifies the Lord. Now that is very significant because you go on 30-some years later when Jesus has grown to manhood, he's in his ministry, and he talks about the kind of people that the Father is seeking. Turn to the fourth chapter of John, the fourth chapter, verses 23 and 24. Jesus says, Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Notice it's a small s. That's in like in the human spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit is the same as soul. I mean, it's the idea. In other words, you are to have Everything engaged in worshiping God. When you really worship God as you ought to worship God, it's in the truth of what the Scripture says, and it's with all your being involved. That's what she's doing. My soul praises the Lord. My soul makes big the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. All of me is involved in worshiping Him. Now there is a Christmas heart. Everything involved in worshiping Him. That is the kind of heart to which God seeks. 
where you really are involved in worshiping Him. Spirit gives the supreme example of this, I think, in another Mary, Mary of Bethany, when Jesus is reclining at meal and she's so overcome with her devotion and love for him that she breaks that alabaster vial, she anoints his head, anoints his feet, wipes his feet with her hair, and Jesus commends it by saying, she has done a beautiful thing. That's in the spirit of the Magnificat. Everything. I mean, this is the kind of person that God has been seeking. You have that wonderful story in 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter, of where David brings the ark up to Jerusalem. And you remember, as the ark comes in, he dances before the Lord with all of his might in a linen ephod. You remember the story how his wife, Micah, despises him because he's lost his dignity. And he says, he says basically to her, you haven't seen anything yet. I'll become more undignified. You read about that in verses 14, 16, and 21, as he is totally engaged in worshiping God. And this Christmas, what ought to be happening is that we ought to be enlarged in our spirits so that everything is devoted to him in magnifying the Lord. Now, it doesn't have to be within the context of a great corporate service or one of our services. It can be alone. But we need to reflect. We, need to, we, need, we can't make him larger, but we need to become larger and totally involved in the wonder of it all. There's a favorite quotation of mine from Charles Spurgeon. It reads like this. I like sometimes to leave off praying and singing... And just gaze upward till my inmost soul has seen my Lord. Then I say, He is inexpressibly lovely. Yea, He is altogether lovely. And so she set the standard. If you want to know what the standard is, it's right here. My soul enlarges the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, all of me in Him. Are you like me? Do you ever overthink or overanalyze the songs that we're singing on Sunday? There's times that we're singing uh, about praise, how, Lord, we love you more than anything. We love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. And sometimes I'm thinking, I don't know how true that is. Are, are we all really condemning ourselves by lying and suggesting that we love God more than we actually do? Or, or the songs that would talk about welcoming God into our midst, that's always confused me. I mean, God is always in our midst. What are we actually doing there? The same can be applied to the story of the Magnificat. We're talking about we are magnifying the Lord. Are we really making God bigger? He's already bigger than all things. But the truth is, what we are doing is revealing to our own hearts how big and how important and how prominent God is in our own lives. That really is what it means to grow in faith, if you think about it. Learning more and more to rely on God, that you are giving over more and more of your life to Him. It'd be great if we could just do that, you know, instantaneously. The moment we're saved, we just give Him our entire lives, and we don't worry one minute, one second about what our days are going to bring forth, because we're totally trusting in God. 
But the truth is, we, we don't do that. We, we take those responsibilities back. We put them on our shoulders. We bear the, the struggles. We bear the, the anxiety and the fears. Uh, we also try to take control of our own lives, and that often leads us to self-destruction. But the truth is, God works with us in the midst of our selfishness, our pride, our arrogance, our, our defensiveness, and what he does is he slowly shapes us. He, he works with us in a gracious manner to help us be transformed into the image of his son. It's a lifelong process, and praise the Lord, he doesn't give up on us. Reminded the story of Abraham, over 100 years old, and God is still working on him to shape him into the image that he's meant to be, a bearer of the, the Imago Dei, the, the image of God in his life. Here we see Mary starts off very early in her life. Life, but he won't leave her for the rest of her life. He will continue to shape her. We'll see her pop up in the gospel narratives as, as he continues to, to encourage her and strengthen her and help her grow in faith as well. An amazing song here, the Magnificat, a reminder to magnify the Lord in our lives. I, I love to hear pastors pray, and, and several of them I've heard throughout the years have always said, be big Jesus, be big God, uh, reminding ourselves of how important it is not to make God big because he's already big, but to make him big in our own lives as we learn to depend on him and give over to him more of our lives until he has 100% of us. That is what it means to grow in faith. I hope that this has encouraged you, and I hope that we can continue to be an encouragement to you for the years to come. Now, that's all dependent upon you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by the Songtime Ministry, a reminder that we are fully funded by you, our listeners. We don't have any other means of raising money. You are our support, and if you've been blessed, consider, especially here in this Christmas season, at the end of the year, to give your end-of-the-year donation. Write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, or you can look us up on social media. But don't forget to tune in again tomorrow as we continue our story looking at the Song of Mary And Kent Hughes explains to us how she really speaks for all of us in her song, The Magnificat. The Christmas lights, the idea of family and friends can be wonderful. But if the Christmas lights remind you of things past, you can be crushed by it all. But the beautiful thing is, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased.